We're back at it. Back at it, man. <laughs> I gotta get a drink. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, um, so what's going on? Oh, dude, I'm trying to remember how a microphone works. It's been uh, <laughs> what has this been? I don't even know. When's the last time we we did one of these? Dude. Yeah, because it was. I want to say it's been a while. It's been over a year. Oh, it's definitely been over. A year. I mean, at least that's the that's the easy math. It's been over a year. Right. So tell so. tell me what's been going on with you. Uh, I think, uh, I did the math last night with, uh, with Michael Wu and, uh, I'm probably the brown belt that does three classes a week that, uh, is forever chasing his black belt because <laughs> I'm teaching more than I'm training right now. So I'm sure if professor Heji hears us, he'd be like, show up to classes and, uh, yeah, he'll eventually yeah. get that, which I'm totally fine with. This isn't a plea for a black belt. This is just the funny, <laughs> uh, funny math we were doing last night. Yeah, that's funny, man. Yeah, so you've been teaching the morning classes. Dude. Oh, and evening on Mondays, right? Uh, Monday evenings, yeah. So doing that. It's great. Love that class. Um, But the Monday morning and the Thursday mornings are, that's where it's at. You know, it's a a fun class. You wake up, get the blood going, and then. uh, And you have your core group of guys that come to that class. Yeah, we've got, uh, excuse me, we've got probably four consistent guys, six part of that group. Right. Um, but you know, it always fluctuates one yeah. guy's out of town work or, you know, whatever it is. But, uh, you know, I think the most we've had at one particular class is like eight or nine. So for 6am, I think that's great. Cool. You know, been doing that for a year and a half. Is that what that class has been going now? Yeah. It's been going for a while. Yeah. So what do you like best about that class? Ah, just the freedom, man. Just, I, <laughs> that's what it always comes down to is what do we get to do? Thursdays is no gi, you know, it's unofficial oh. no gi. But right. it's the only class we get to do that in. So the freedom of just like, what do you guys want to work on this morning? And then, you know, we don't really have to, you know, we stay on curriculum in the sense of like the Gracie Baja, like, what are we working on this week? Side control. But if somebody really has something that they want to work on, I, we don't have 15, 20 people that's like, okay, this is this is not for everybody kind right, of thing. Right. We don't have to single anybody out to not, you know, solve a problem, I guess. So, so that is probably, I think, one of the, the biggest differences between Brazilian jiu-jitsu and the traditional martial arts. Yeah. I guess you can kind of lump wrestling in there too. There's no set curriculum. Sure. Yeah. And I've heard, um, there's a, a coach, uh, Perler is his last name. He actually runs a camp. It's his full-time job. He just, that's what he does. It's not connected to a high school. It's a camp that kids go to, to kind of work on their wrestling. Okay. And he, had made a statement saying it's funny how um, you get these young kids that are working on like Russian ties and all these complicated or kind of more robust kind of positions. Yeah. And then you got these older veterans that don't like they're working on like a quarter Nelson. Sure. Yeah. And, and he said his, his frustration was that there's no curriculum to Mm. wrestling. And um, Although there's some basics that you would expect right. that a, a seasoned coach would just kind of single leg, double leg, high C, you know, a half Nelson, you yeah. know what I mean? Chicken wing or whatever the hell you guys, Low single, yeah. whatever you call it, what you guys call it a chicken wing? Or? Chicken wing. I, I got hit with the ch- chicken wing several times. Okay. Cause my, some people call it different. Career. It's a wrestler's arm law or yeah. Arm bar, a wrestler's arm bar. Some people call it every time um, Timmy, we called it a chicken wing. Yeah. Every time Timmy would get me a chicken wing when we fight against the, the, well, I can't even remember what school he, he wrestled for. I just remember the kid's name was Timmy and he would always hit it on me. <laughs> Timmy had a chicken wing. And I would always succumb to getting pinned with it. Yeah. So it's to chi- it's a chicken wing. And and that's one of the biggest criticisms that you would hear is like, well, jujitsu doesn't have a curriculum, but that's kind of the 
what I always thought kind of the cool thing about it, because depending on what kind of school you went to, depend on what they concentrated on and what you did. And these guys did that. Those guys did this. And, but I think for the, the populace, when you're trying to get jujitsu out to quote everyone, they want a curriculum. Yeah, they do. I mean, it's, I guess that's the Gracie Baja way, especially is it's a family environment. It's for everybody to train. Right. We we need a curriculum. So that way everybody gets a piece of the, well, the thing is other programs are now changing to that. Yeah. 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 So, so like, um, I want to say, was it George Jurgel? Not George Jurgel, um, the founder of Alliance. Oh my God. Um, Fabio Jurgel. Okay. Fabio. Um, there was an interview with him and he talked about this development of a curriculum for, um, for Alliance. Ah. So, and you, and you, you talk to guys that have opened up their own gyms Mm -hmm. and they come up with their own curriculums because they know that's kind of where the, the, that's where the sport is, is headed. Sure. And even now when we were talking about wrestling, even, you know, the coach that I work with at the middle school, we mm-hmm. have kind of our curriculum that we want guys to have as their basics. And yeah. so this is kind of a new, a newer concept, but, um, you've been doing this long enough though. You know, you know, the sauce, like the secret sauce. It's yeah. like you, you have your methodologies and things. That you right, right, with. right, so right. You know, the curriculum is, is the thing that, you know, helps people stay in line. It does. It does. It does. And you kind of hit all those major aspects of, um, and what makes it tough in jujitsu is there's so many goddamn different positions. Oh my God. (laughs) Being a, a like a coach now, I'll teach something. I'm like, dude, professor has, you showed me this three years ago. (laughs) And I just now understand like what I'm teaching to these other guys. I'm like, Man, I was an idiot three years ago because I was like, <laughs> I put my leg where, man, and I was like, oh, now I see these guys are doing the same thing I was doing at that point in time. So you you touched on a uh, you just mentioned something you kind of touched on indirectly on a point, and that's kind of the cornerstone of what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. You said teaching, but then you interchangeably used the word coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> that's. And, and I've, and I've done a, I've done a YouTube, like a little tiny after workout YouTube video on the, on it, it. Like there are no other sports that we call our coach a teacher. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, football, it's a coach. It's a coach. Wrestling is a coach. Although I feel if we deep dive more into that, a wrestling coach can also be a teacher. Well, I think okay. coaching is kind of broken down into two different things. There's, there's coaching for skill acquisition mm-hmm. and there's coaching for competition. Yep. And I mean, the prime example of this, if you want to take the pinnacle of sport, I, I believe the pinnacle of sports in the United States, the most researched, scientifically approached, um, vetted uh, sport that's out there. And as far as uh, developing athletes is the NFL. Sure. Yeah. In, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you probably could argue that back and forth. But you could. But because, I mean, the biggest conglomerate when it comes to sports. Right. Because there's other sports where weightlifting is an option, right? Mm-hmm. Conditioning is an option, Sure, but it's a part of what you do as a footballer, right? Right. As yeah. a football athlete, that's what you do. It's required. And the different positions that you play, they all have different coaches, right? But are they coaches or are they teachers? Yeah. Because they're, they're, they're coaching you in skill acquisition. Right. And the competition coaches, the guys that are making the plays come Saturday, you know, Friday in high school, Saturday in college, Sunday in professionals. Mm-hmm. Those are the coordinators. They're not out there on the on the grass 
right. with the athletes going picking and nagging them about things that they're doing right or doing wrong. They might come around and give assignments like, hey, Bob, 23 is not, you know, he's been missing blocks, he's weak on his right side. Can we start working on his step out or whatever it may be? Hey, your guards aren't pulling strong enough. Y'all got to work on some pulling drills this week. The coordinator, maybe at the high school level, the coordinator is also the acquisition skill coach. Sure. But um, at the higher levels, no, that's it, they're on completely different pages. Not they're not on different pages, but they have a different jobs. Yeah, their jobs different. But yeah. every sport, they call it a coach across the board, and there's gyms where they do say coach, coach, right across the board. But when you're talking just the average jujitsu academy, I'm going to class. Right. I'm not going to practice. Yeah, you're going to class. My teacher. Yeah. So that brings in the question, the difference between teaching and coaching. Because they're two completely different skill sets. Yeah. I mean, 100%. You might be a great teacher, but you might suck as a coach and vice versa. Yeah. Man, you might suck at both. Yeah. <laughs> that is that. So, that so is what, are, what are some of the key qualities as far as teaching do you think you need to bring to the table to, to be a good teacher? Sure. Uh, let's start with the the raw definition in my mind of a of a coach versus a teacher. And I was having this conversation. I think it was with Trey and Michael. Um, being a coach is that's the person that molds you into something pliable that a specialist can nail down. Kind of like you were just saying about a coordinator. The coordinator is a specialist. That's the teacher. Mm-hmm. As a teacher in jujitsu, I look at it as. I'm trying to be the guy that looks at every single little cog that goes into the big machine of a move, and I want to teach you each one of those cogs. Right. As a coach, I'm like, this is an arm bar. Here's the three steps to an arm bar. But as I become a teacher, as most people have said about you, and as you go to your what GB2 classes with Professor Heji, the way he approaches it at that point, he becomes a teacher and says, okay, here's the very specific lines that go into this story. Okay. Right? So, so in your mind, it's more of a detail. Yeah. It's a detail thing I, to me yeah. is how the approach right okay. on the surface level is a coach is somebody who's here's, here's raw information, do what you want with it. Let's see how good you are. And a teacher goes, here's where you suck. This is what we need to do to make you not suck. Essentially. Okay. Yeah. I, I kind of break it down into whether it's skill acquisition or competition. Cause I kind of isolate that, that term coach, and just as my mind, that term coach, as in the way I differentiate it, is what what skill set do I need to teach somebody movement? Because mm-hmm. that, that, I mean, that's essentially what you're saying when you're yeah. saying breaking down an armbar, the the ins and outs, the strategies to it, the setups to it. That's all teaching. Is it, you're just teaching movement, right? Yeah. Just, just like if you were basic. teaching a sprinter how to get out of the blocks, mm-hmm. you're teaching movement. Now right. it's movement geared towards combat. But so people think they think it's different, but it's still it's, yeah. movement, right? It's in response to another body. It's in a response to a lot of different things, but it's still at the end of the day, you're teaching movement. Sure. And then I look at the coach as far as how do we, how do we help this person, this athlete during a time of competition? Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and I, there's not a whole lot other than the psychology of dealing with the athlete for skill acquisition versus competition that have a lot of crossover, right? Because your communication, when you're teaching somebody, when you're trying to when you're showing the movement, that is, it's a little different. Sure. You know, it's, it's gotta be person specific. You know how they respond. Um, but in coaching, you 
I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things in coaching are so important that you don't even think about in teaching. Uh, time management. Right. You know, I, I, I was told there's only three things as a coach you ever need to worry about. Now, th- I don't think this is necessarily true. I think this was a dumbed down, simplistic way of saying Because how this came to me was that I had my, my kickboxing coach when I was really young. I was started teaching when I was about... I was a freshman in high school, so I was either 13 or 14 years old. Okay. And my and we would go to competitions and take guys to events. And my coach told me, he said, hey, you're a great teacher, but you suck as a coach. Interesting. And he said, when, when you're out there, your job as a coach is not to tell everyone else in the arena what you know. Hmm. You're saying a lot of stuff that's wasted. Yes. We know, I'll, I'll break it down to jujitsu mm-hmm. rather than kickboxing, but how many coaches have you seen that go, there's the triangle, Oh my God. there's the Kimura. I hate that so much. He's it on the single leg, Bobby. Yeah. He's on on single leg, Bobby. <laughs> in, yeah. We, in, in training, that's okay because you're helping both guys learn. Right. Hey, there's the triangle if you didn't see it. Yeah. Also, you defending it it's about to come your way because now I'm yelling it. So yeah. that's fine. But yeah. out on the, it's almost a like color mass. commentating to yeah, let everybody know how much they know. Right. Yeah. And so he would say the three dumbing it down, the three things that you need to worry about. The only three things is time management. How much time does your athlete have? Because the amount of time that's on that, on the timer is going to dictate what their tactics should be. Yeah. Where in the game plan am I right now? Right. How far behind are you? You're behind with 10 seconds. That's completely different than being behind with two minutes. Right. Totally different. And being up. I mean. Uh, yes. It's, and it's, being it's, up. It's both sides of the coin for sure. That and is intertwined. There's a symbiotic relationship between time and points. Mm-hmm. Where are you on the scoreboard? And so if you're not aware of the score, if you're not aware of the time, how can you, how can you give them good advice at that point? Sure. And that leads into the third thing is very concise, specific instructions. So those concise, specific instructions, that's where you have a little, I think a little bit of that, that bleed over to, to teaching sure. because there might be certain code words that, you know, setups, things that it, it, it really doesn't help. I don't believe it helps when you yell out, there's the Kimura. No, it does not. How many times have you been competing and you don't even know you're in a bad position Hey Bobby, hey Bobby, his elbows up. Yeah, get to his arm, and and you're like, oh shoot, my elbows up. Right. Yeah. It's. I know I've said this off this podcast before. For, forgive my southern accent. Yeah, <laughs> that was a great southern accent. Um, I know I've said it to you before, but like the the way you coach in competitions before is very. You need to put your right hand on your thigh and do X, Y, and Z. Right. That's a universal language everybody speaks. I think just the Kimura's there. That, that doesn't tell me anything. Where is right. it at? Is it is it this arm? Is it that arm? Right. Maybe I'm upside down. I don't, maybe I'm underwater and I don't know where where the surface is right now. Right. That doesn't help me. But if you say, hey, if you move your left hand and pummel under right now, that gives me something to go off of. Those, those are the specific, concise instructions you will find. I wish I could put like a percentage on it. I'm just going to pull one out. Sure. Less than 5%. Yeah. We can make up how, how many it's times have podcast. you heard, hey, Bobby, get up, 
get up, yeah. Bobby. Bobby, got to get up. Dude, you got to yeah. get up. Got to get up. There's a great video of this coach yelling at this guy in a cage. Okay. Well, the guy's on top of him. Is his name Bobby? Uh, yeah, we're going to make a Bobby for this time. <laughs> Bobby, just things. get up. Get up, Bobby. And and, and the, it's actually a girl. And she looks okay. over and she's like, you don't think I want to get up right now? <laughs> I am trying my damnedest to get up. Right. And um, there's times that we'll, we specifically with the kids do, we'll, we'll, we'll tell them up, 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 up. Cause I know what they, what I mean by up, up, up. Cause it's a scramble sure. and they know when I mean up, 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 they mean get their hips up, get their head up. Right. But you have to tell somebody, all right, bud, I need you on your right hip and I need your right hand on the mat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now shift your weight. The biggest thing is knowing how shift differential works. A lot of times somebody wants to stand up. They need to free out their, their right leg. Mm-hmm. That means you have to tell them, all right, buddy, put all your weight on your left knee, get all your weight on your left knee. Right. I need more weight on the left. Drop your shoulder. Drop your left shoulder. Drop it. Okay, now lift the right leg. Now it comes up. Right. Because then they, they've made the weight the leg weightless. They can move it now. Sure. But by simply telling them, get up, get up. It's useless. They want to get up. Yeah. We, we know that's that's this common goal here. Like you so, the coach is like, yeah, yeah we're, we're so on the concise, same specific instructions. Yeah. And I, I don't know. There's, there's some argument to I, I think that's a very dumbed down approach to coaching. Um, I think it's a good initial approach, time, score, concise, specific instructions. And whether those are code words or not, we have with the kids, we have plenty of code names. Sure. We, 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 we don't typically say the exact move for exception of a few moves. Mm-hmm. Um, we have words that we've used or a series. We might tell them a series that we practiced and it has kind of a code word to it. Okay. Um, and so... Like, for instance, for wrestling, for you guys that don't know, in folk-style wrestling, when you are in control of your partner on the ground, you are not allowed to lock your hands. Mm -hmm. The biggest mistake that I see middle school and high school wrestling coaches make is when, (laughs) this is hilarious, and I've made it too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we've all done it and said, wow, I got to stop doing that. When we see our athlete who's on top lock their hands, you what's the, what do out. we say? You call them out. Don't lock your hands. Don't lock them. Don't lock them, baby. Don't lock them. Mm-hmm. And then what does the ref do? Yeah. It's okay. Now there's. <laughs> so they get their penalty. Yeah. Yep. All right. So we have a code word for that. Mm-hmm. And I actually got that from Geasley. Jailbreak. Oh, nice. Jailbreak. Okay. So jailbreak, baby. Jailbreak. Yeah. And they know, oh, shoot, my hands are touching. But again, that's the crossover between teaching and coaching. That sure. gets developed in the teaching arena or the coaching of skill acquisition, getting that stuff down, and then you bring it onto the mat. Um, and you're not alarming the, the – we have a, I have a yeah. code word for reaping. I don't say, oh. hey, watch the reap, watch the reap. That's the worst thing in the world. Sure. That's going to get you a DQ real quick. Yeah. So we have – I would advise everybody, I have a code word yeah. for stalling. Oh, yeah. You cannot just tell somebody to go stall. So, yeah. Mine, mine's <laughs> hey, not PG at all. So yeah, yeah. So it's not why, good, but it's a strategy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a strategy, right? Yeah. So as a good coach, you kind of predict these things and um, you come up with uh, ways of approaching it that uh, keep you keep your athlete out of hot water. Sure, yeah. Unnecessarily put them in a bad situation. Um, so that time, score specific concise instructions super important but um you can't forget about safety yeah like so and and that that comes up to a little bit of a debate and i and i had this this conversation with uh another coach that was um 
I don't want to get into the specifics of it because if I do, what's his name? No. <laughs> if I do, every I, I I don't want to call him out because sure. yeah, I think ultimately not. this was a mistake on his part. Um, he'll probably ne- never admit it was a mistake, but there was some things that went behind the scenes for um, a particular athlete and just kind of got her into into a situation she didn't need to be in. Mm. Um, we am I aware of the situation? I feel like I'm aware of the situation, but we'll carry. I on. hate talking in code. I just no, 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 I, I don't no, want to. No. I don't want to put the athlete on the spot. I don't want to take him on the spot because I think he's sincerely remorseful for what happened. But yeah. I, I don't know for sure. Well, I was the details never... don't matter to the listeners. It's just a matter of like it's uh, here's a story. Here's yeah. So here's a story. It, There's an athlete that he felt uh, should have been a higher rank. Uh, kind of called the situation out. Um, and I never brought it up. He brings it up to me one day and I just told him you're in the wrong. Okay. And, um, fair enough. And we had a, we had a very collegial conversation about it kind of. Yeah, it was. Okay. And he said, well, if it was your athlete, wouldn't you be worried about their safety? Mm -hmm. Cause it's very unfair from a safety perspective to have this person with all this experience up against somebody who doesn't. And mm. I think in the I've realm kind of, of jujitsu, safety is not your responsibility as a coach. It's the referee's responsibility. We don't have a towel that you can throw in. Yeah. This is not a boxing match. Sure. If you're a boxing corner man, yes, the safety of your fighter is 100% your responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I can argue on the kid level, if I see That's my kids different. in a situation, I'm going to scream tap, tap, or go out on the mat if I think that the that the referee is completely incompetent. Because you right. have to be careful at these smaller tournaments. Now, I've never had to do that, but I've sure. been prepared, prepared in my mind. What do I do if one of my little guys is out there and this ref is just... Honestly, I haven't seen it. And the ones that I, the tournaments that I have seen that the referees are somewhat suspect, we just don't go to those. That's exactly what I was about to say. We don't go to the tournaments that generally have referees that aren't competent. Yeah. And and that's a dynamic thing, right? You yeah. can have a you can have a I'll tell you right now, AGF, in my opinion, the American Grappling Federation does a, an amazing job. Yeah. They really do. I mean, that's been my experience. Um there might be people out people out there arguing with me, but it's a dynamic thing. If Brandon, the owner of that that organization, doesn't keep up on that, I can't tell you where they're gonna be in two years, but I can tell you where they are now. They have pretty good confidence that their their refs do a really good job. Yeah. You know, kid gets in a bad position, gets his arm extended, they call it, they stop. Yeah. They they don't you don't need to have at the younger levels the kid tap. Um, you got stuff in a bad position. And it's happened to Jackson when he was young. He got mm-hmm. caught in an arm bar, he didn't tap. And uh, he came off. He's like, what just happened? And I go, not dude, your safety. He was looking out for it. Yeah. So there is a certain degree of safety that is your responsibility outside the the timing, the points, and the very concise, specific instructions. Um, but what about the psychology? Oh, man. That's a... Uh... Okay, so your... Your definitions and my definitions are slightly different, but I think we have the same intent, right? Mm-hmm. You're coming at it from a competitor versus a, we'll just say a, a hobbyist, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You being a go-to coach, you know, it's pretty much you and Hezier, the the head two, and, and Professor Carly, but I, you know, she, I don't feel like she goes to the competitions as much, so we'll just say you and Hezier for right now. You are the the competition coaches. Me being a I'm there for like the 6 a.m. and then the Monday kind of GB1 people. I don't look at everybody as competitors. Right. Because I'm like, I don't know if any of you 
either have that in you or want to have that in you. Sure. So I look at it as you're somebody who just wants to get serious, right? So when you right. say competitor, in my mind, from my position, it's those are the serious people. Right, 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 right. right. <clears throat> so for me, that psychology is who has the mindset to be good at this and then who has the mindset to just want to show up and have fun. Right, so that, right, right. That's right, kind right, of right. like where I look at from me as a coach or a teacher, what mode am I in right now? Because from, from my headspace is, am I dealing with somebody who just is here to kind of maybe lose some weight, have some fun, uh, ah, learn yeah, an arm bar, yeah, cool, yeah, awesome, yeah. great. And then they go home and they could care less about jujitsu after that. They don't watch the YouTube videos. Damn, they don't listen to this podcast. I don't know. like these people. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I do, I do, yeah, I do. Of course, yes. of course, it's all, it's all fun and games. But, um, but then we have our other people that are like, they eat, live, and breathe this sport. I like know? these guys. Yeah, those are the guys. I mean... It's, those are the people we like to surround ourselves with. Um, so from a psychology aspect is, you know, I now have to be mentally prepared for somebody asking those questions. Hey, what comes up when I do X, Y, or Z? Right. So if I'm not mentally prepared for that in that teaching mode, to yeah. me, that's teaching mode. And it's like, well, now I'm just back to a coach. I'm like, ah, let's work on that three-step arm bar again. Yeah. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, so, so it, I think the psychology is something that kind of crosses the lines between teaching and coaching. Um, you know, I'm sure that adults go through it. I think kids have such a, um, it's funny, it it probably the adults in my mind, um, they probably go through the same thing that kids go through that you just don't see it as much. I think it depends on if they've done these things before in the past, like sports-wise, right? right? Yeah. Did you wrestle before? We have a new guy, and I'm so sorry if you have listened to this podcast. I don't know his name because I'm terrible with that. I don't know you are too. The new guy who wrestles. Yeah. (laughs) Until they get there, the joke is, and, and this may not be a joke. I've known you so long, I don't even know if it's true or not at this point. But you don't learn people's names until they get a blue belt. Do you say, you sound like one of my colleagues I work with? Oh, no. like, I don't, I don't. <laughs> until the nurse has been here for two years, I don't pay attention. And that's not true. He knows everyone's <laughs> name. He just acts like a hard ass. Sure, yeah. But got to um, put up that uh, that facade. Yeah. But anyway, long story short, this new guy comes in, and uh, it was his first class with me. I think it was his second class period. And I was like, "You a wrestler?" He's like, yeah. And I was like, I could just tell, man. You just, you have the look yeah. about you and everything. He's like, oh, thanks. You know, I took it as a compliment, which is good. Um, not everybody takes that as a compliment for some reason, but hmm. it's like, you look a little beat up in life and it just means you, <laughs> <laughs> we, we all have that look. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't even remember where I was segueing off of, to be honest. With just you. the, the, the psychology of oh, yeah, what, psychology. what the different people go through. Um, yeah. So him being a new guy comes into the class and just his mindset being his second class, you can already tell he's somebody who will, he'll probably be here. He's not going to get right, a blue belt and quit. Right, right, right. Now, it's only a second class. I could be completely wrong about him, but he already comes in with that that grit, I guess is what I was trying to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. And I think being able to identify that mm-hmm. and, and figuring out how to connect with those people, yeah. um, specifically from a competition standpoint, um, there's some people that during before need certain types of motivation mm-hmm. and certain types. Like, for instance, um, uh, Eli, I never have Eli. Like Jackson, I can pull Jackson over and I go, hey, guy, you got these next two guys in your bracket. Let's watch their matches. Mm -hmm. I never do that with Eli. Oh, okay. The psychology of that messes that kid up. And and the best part about it is he has awareness of it. He knows. Sure. And um, for me, that was very counterintuitive from wrestling. We always like watched like, hey, who's my guy? So I carried that over into jujitsu. Yeah. I knew that I used to watch when I was kickboxing. If I knew one of some guy that was in my weight class was fighting at an event I wasn't at, I'm going. Yeah. I want to see him. You want I'm, the tapes. I want him well, I want him to see me there. I sure. want to get the psychology. I want to get into his head a little bit. Ah, uh, okay. And then yeah. I want to see, 
you know, the goods and the bads of what he does. I got gotcha. what, what, what he likes. Sure. This is before YouTube. Yeah, right. You know, but so. I mean, that was, that's the tape, right? That's but the, he's, the he's one of those kids watch. that just, he gets too nervous and, Eli? um, oh, so yeah. what I was about to ask you is, and I could be wrong in this, but I feel like Eli is the emotional one, right? Whereas Jackson's like the very, like he's doing the math in his head, the logical, like, yeah, because I'm um, an emotional person. I'm very yeah. emotional. Now, granted, I'm not saying Eli doesn't do the math. Obviously, he's a very smart, talented kid. Yeah, but I feel like he's more likely to lead with the heart than the head first. Yes, and I think that is when we talk about psychology. That's the danger of a sport like this. Or wrestling is letting the heart speak more so than the head. Now, yeah. that's not a courage or finishing the match thing. Obviously, he's got the grit in the heart. But your nerves start playing. You feel the heart flutter. You're like, oh man, like, and then that gets to the head. And it's like, yeah. can I do this? Is that guy bigger than me? Man, he looks strong. And that's where that gets in. Whereas, like, if you start from the head down, it's like, all right, I'm awesome. I'm gonna kick this guy's ass. And then it's like, you feel a little nervous, and you're like, all this happened first. So you're already in the right mindset. Right, right. So that's think- that's pretty perceptive of you because that that is exactly how they are. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's nice. exactly. Jackson's just like, okay, strategically wise, how do I beat this guy? Yeah. And Eli's like. <clears throat> I don't want to see it. I'm going to go out there and smash. But if I look at this guy, I'm going to be too nervous beforehand. Yeah. So uh, knowing that psychology, I think is a vital part of being a coach and knowing how to handle each one of your individual athletes Um, before, during, I mean, there's, there's certain matches. I don't say a whole lot. If I know my athlete, like Mm -hmm. I know Jackson, I don't say a whole lot during his matches. Right. He used to need some encouragement. Like, hey, you're good, baby. You're good. Perfect. I like it. Yeah. We're looking sweet right there. I like that. Now, he doesn't need that anymore. He's got the confidence. Yeah, though. he just He's needs the, the specific right. instructions. Yeah. Hey, bud, watch out. Watch out. I want you to watch right side. Right side, watch out. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a little, it's, it's in the red. It's in the red. And, he, you know, he, yeah. that's what he needs at this point. Sure. Um, but there's certain kids that, you know, you know they're going to be defeated if they're taken down. Hey, that's okay. Yeah. Hey, Billy. It's okay, buddy. We're good. We're good right here. We're only down by two. We're good. And that some of those kids need that psychology. Sure. Um, and uh, there's a few out there that need tough love. Oh yeah. That's got to get your crap together. I don't know. That's few and far between. And I just don't enjoy coaching those. If I see that type of kid that only responds mm-hmm. to that, which is few and far between, because I think most kids, like adults, just need love, attention. But man, there's some sadistic people that just <laughs> they re- they re- they respond yeah. to that tough love. I don't enjoy doing, that's not a part of my coaching ability and my downfall because I can't identify that and jump into that. Yeah, it's a very old school, in my opinion, a very old school way of I'm just gonna get in your ass and you're gonna just I'm gonna yeah. light that fire and you're gonna go. Whereas I think now, as we've evolved in every sport and every aspect, it's okay. This is a human being. They need me to speak to them as a human being, yeah. not, you know, an animal that I'm punishing that's below me, you know, that, not that I think that, by the way, I have a dog, love him, um, <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, it's that aspect of just kind of like you're treating them kind of like, like farm animals, you know, like yeah. they're just, they're working for you. And it's like, nah, dude, like you gotta, you gotta speak to me like I'm a person. Yeah. That's a job it, thing too, not just sports. Like oh, you get yeah. managers that are like that. Yeah. And it's like, what are you doing, man? He's that's not how you're going to get me to perform. Right, 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 right. Very, very few people are going to respond to that. So why make that a part of your toolbox of being a coach when it's less than like 5% sure. of the people that are going to respond like that? Just just forget that psychology altogether. Right. Um, and that comes to the psychology we said before during the match. Mm-hmm. And then maybe most importantly afterwards. Because yeah. that's where guys make or break. And that, that is, 
the one um, during God, it's probably a mistake all the way around. You you just I want to say the dad coaches, and I hate that because that's what I am. I'm a dad coach. Yeah, sure. But I've seen some egregious post coach, you know what I mean? Just that oh. post match yeah. discussions. They're not even discussion. It is You see the sternness in their face and almost even the I've, and I, I have talked to one dad. Yeah. And I mean I've been doing this for a you know, as far as just coaching in general for mm-hmm. a long time. Sure. I usually keep my mouth shut. I normally say, you know, um, yeah, I'm the coach, you're the parent, parent as you wish, and I'm the coach. Sure. Um I've I've had to talk to one person one time. Gotcha. And yeah. um the the bottom line is after a match when a kid has already gotten his ass beaten mm-hmm. yeah. and things didn't go his way, and especially if the coaching during the psychological coaching during the match was very negative. Sure. The coach yelling out, like, what are you doing? Yeah. You're like, oh, my God, Billy. Like, we can't let that. Billy, what are you? Do you want to win this match, Billy? Yeah. Do you want to win it? You know, it, it's just the kid's beaten down at that point. And as they step off the mat, for them to get grilled, that is not for the athlete. Yeah, no, it's not. That's for the, the coaches doing that to satisfy whatever type of anger they have inside of them. Right. Um, I remember when Jackson got caught, uh, both Reggie and I, professor Reggie and I were at a, it was like a Naga event. It was just some small little event mm-hmm. and Jackson's like running through everybody and he faces his kid and he gets caught with the most basic arm bar. And it wasn't even that it was a basic arm bar. Mm-hmm. This kid put it on so goddamn slow. <laughs> it was like foot on the hip, leg over the shoulder. Yeah. Like he, Got was, the he was back angle. in the in the basics class, just like running through the motions. Yeah. And so he gets caught in this and he comes off. I, I mean, I I just I looked at Professor, he looks at me, and we're just like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. And Jackson comes off and uh you can see the look on his I said, We'll just talk about it later, man. Yeah. We'll talk about it later. Don't worry. We'll get it. I love seeing you out there. It's just that, time that, for a hug, I love man. seeing That's you out there. Just Let's get ready because you gotta fight. And he did, he gotta fight that kid like it was in Gi after okay. that. Yeah. And uh, and then whooped his ass after, but nice. but yeah, but um, but he, that he wasn't might not the, have whooped his ass though if you had a different conversation. After. Yeah, that wasn't the time to have that conversation. Yeah, that wasn't the time to go, dude. Do you not know how to to see an armbar coming from a mile away? Yeah, and then how much is that my fault for not giving him specific instructions? Get your shoulder through, square back up with him. Yeah, you know, so it's yeah. If it was that slow, you had time as a coach yeah. to call it and be like, hey, man stand up or whatever you know but how many wrestling coaches have you seen in your career yeah that once the guy comes off the mat oh dude i I feel like wrestling that's where you still people like wrestling breaks you down builds you back up that happened after every single match i didn't win a lot you know i feel i feel personally like i'm a better coach or teacher than i am a wrestler or you know jujitsu competitor Competitor, right like it's just i love the game i will always enjoy this game but i feel like i perform better off the mat than do on the mat right i get in my head overanalyze whatever so as a wrestler i would do that overanalyze not make the right moves come off and i just get chewed the fuck out after every man i'm like what are you like yeah i screwed up it's very obvious what i did wrong i know this (laughs) i'm doing the math in my head as it's happening going ah shit i shouldn't have done that you know why? Why do we do that? Why do wrestling coaches specifically do that? I always said that I, I, 
and obviously jujitsu is a huge part of what I do. I always say like, I'm a, being a doctor is a hobby and, <laughs> and, uh, nice jujitsu is my lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I love jujitsu, sure. but it's hard for me to ever say wrestling isn't the greatest sport on the face of the earth as an organized yeah. sport. Sure. And with that being said, I hate it because of the parents and the coaches. Yeah. They will ruin it. I hate it because of the parents and the coaches, the majority when you, I am so lucky at the program that I coach at that I'm surrounded by two wonderful, caring coaches who put the, the development of the athlete over wins and losses. And then people will say, well, that's because you're a loser. And I will tell you that we've changed that program around to never winning a match to winning our first two dual meets last night. So we're, we're, we're on the road and, and, you you can say all that that you want that losers take that point of view, but I'd rather be a loser with my record and yet have athletes that have ways of dealing with life later on. Yeah, and I honestly think that if you teach them the right things, that they they'll be champions on the mat. Yeah, and you guys will have a reflection of a winning record, not because that was your goal. It was because you wanted to develop good people. And the byproduct of that is champions. Yeah. And um, it'd be one thing if I was 18 years old making that statement. But being almost 50 years old, being in competitive combat sports essentially my entire life and seeing that formula work because the competition career is a very small window. Very. So what are we doing as coaches? We are truly trying to develop good people. We're trying to develop good people that are going to deal with some crazy shit later on in their lives. They're going to deal with death, God forbid, addiction. You know, they're going to deal with loss of job. They're going to deal with their life going in a spiral. And if they can at least use the tools that we've taught them at one point in their life to get themselves. But that's really, that's the end product of coaching and teaching and all of that. So the psychology post competition is ginormous and um i scott shipman if you have ever heard of him he was an amazing um i mean absolutely amazing collegiate wrestler this guy was amazing and honestly oh you gotta look him up he's he's a he's a unique individual okay and uh he fought mma uh he was at the hammer house with mark coleman okay yeah i think he only lost one match and that was to um chael Really? Mm-hmm. I think it was his last match the in the WEC, maybe. I don't think it was in the WEC. But anyways, uh, Chael, I think, was his only loss. And I might have that wrong. but um, And I've, I've had the opportunity to coach alongside with him. And, you know, we had talked about uh, coaching parents yeah. <laughs> or just parents in general living vicariously through their you kids. You sideline coaches, you mean? Co- yeah. Coaching parents, sideline yeah, coaches. Yeah, sideline coaches. Yeah. And how... Um, I've always thought the, the the parents that tend to be pretty venomous and caustic in the way that they, the psycholo- psychology of coaching mm-hmm. on their side seem like they're living vicariously through their kids. Oh, for sure. And I find that at least at the levels I've been at, that the best coaches were the ones that accomplished enough in their career and they were satisfied. Sure. Yeah. They're like, hey, I did it. I had my time. It went great. Or maybe it didn't, but... I still feel good about what I did with, with my career. Right. And um, I found that the funny thing was he said that um, sometimes he likes other people coaching his kids. He likes to separate himself from it. Okay. Um, which I used to be like that a lot until probably until Professor Reggie just kind of like 
He's like, he, here, do I'm it. I'm like, hey, do you, do you want to coach? And he's like, no, they'll understand you better. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, funny. And then, then the relationship blossomed. But um, I found that he says the exact same thing I say to not just my kids, but all my athletes. Mm. I love seeing you out there. Oh, yeah. Thanks, brother. That nice. was awesome. Yeah. Oh, I did terrible cook. Yeah, I know. It's okay. We're going to talk about it later. Sure. Yeah. We're going to talk about it later. This isn't the time to talk about it. We're going we're gonna to regroup. We're going to talk about it later. But for right now, man, you stepped out there. That was amazing. Yeah. And, and, and even if they had a breakdown moment where, I mean, because really what's the worst thing that can happen to an athlete is from the psychological perspective is that they freeze. Mm-hmm. They stand there like a deer in the headlights yeah. and they get submitted within 10 seconds right? or they get and pinned and whatever. Sure. Um, that's awesome, man. You got to experience the trauma of life. Yeah. <laughs> a good you way got to it, experience yeah. freezing up. You got to experience your boss yelling at you and you knowing what the response is, but not being able to spit it out. You got to experience dealing with a snap decision and not making the right one. Yeah. Great, man. Now, this is going to happen to us a few more times. Yeah. It probably is. But it's going to happen to us less and less and less and less the more that we experience. That was a beautiful thing. I can't I can't wait to see you back out there again. Yeah. Let's conquer that. You know, so um, I think when parents are emotionally invested in their kids and they're seeing this as a reflection of their whole being, whether it's a scholarship they're never going to get and the, they're coming to reality that your child sucks. Because yeah. think about it, majority of kids, 50% of the kids out there suck. Yeah, I mean, Ben Askren had it on there one time about, like, don't push your kids to get a scholarship out of wrestling. Like, it's it's not going to happen. If it no. does, that's great. No. But, like, let them enjoy the sport. Mm-hmm. Let them make something of themselves out of it. And if they don't, they don't. Let them enjoy it, though, because right. you're going to ruin them by forcing them to do this or making them feel like they're not good enough to do it. Right. That's not how you get scholarships out of wrestling yeah. or any sport for that matter. But that's Askren's obviously a wrestler. So, yeah. And I had that conversation um, with the parents at the beginning of the season. Typically it's like, you know, we're here to, we're here to, we're here to build good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I find it very sad. Those parents that, whether it, whatever sport it is that they push the kids and hoping that there's some, um, gold at the end of the rainbow. Now, if that's a kid's, if that's the kid's goal, mm-hmm. that's different though. Yeah. That's like Eli's exciting, like, right? Eli's like, Hey dad. Hey big man. I'm like, what? What's up? He's like, I'll go wrestle at Penn state. Nice. I go, okay. You want to wrestle at Penn state? I go, if you want to wrestle at Penn state, I got to get you to a prep school. Yeah. So do you want to, you want to go to a prep school? He said, like, what do you mean? I go, nobody from the South wrestles at Penn State. No. If you really want to do this, I got to do some research. And we got to get you to a prep school and you got to, yeah. what do you mean prep school? You mean I got to move? I'm like, yeah. That's what it takes. He's like, oh, no, I'm cool. <laughs> and I go, all right, man. All right. You're cool. I'm cool. Did he ask about Iowa after that or he just. Oh, <laughs> no, no. It's Penn State or nothing. You okay. Know? That's, that's I mean, good. Iowa's on his radar just because of Spencer Lee, but that, sure. that's about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. You know, he, he, he's a funny kid. You know I mean? It's just like, I'm like, listen, brother, if you want to win states, that's your decision, not my decision. Yeah. If you do and you say, this is my goal and you want to commit to that then we're in that realm of pushing you. Then, then we're yeah. in that realm of you really want to do this. You're there to reignite the yeah. fire when it yeah. starts. You to want to do this? This is what we got to do. Does that excite you or does that deter you? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I, I just like to wrestle for fun. I'm like, okay, man. Yeah. And hey. feel free to change your mind at any time. Yeah. It's all right. But 
you know, these, I think if a kid says, I want to go to, I want to get a wrestling scholarship, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. But it's another thing that the parents pushing them to say, you need to do this. Yeah. It's just, it's not a good thing from a coaching or it was just turning into more of a parent psychology. So on the flip side of it, how about the coach's responsibility for the opponent's psychology? Dirty or not dirty? So I'll circle back just because I did want to say one thing about oh, yeah, yeah, Professor yeah. Heggie. Yeah. With you you talking about, hey, it was just, you know, good to see you out there on the mats kind of thing. And I remember we went to Memphis for IBJJF and uh, I'd, I'd lost a match. And I looked over at Heggie and I could just see on his face. He was just like, it's just, it, it's the disappointment of a father figure. Yeah. You know, because we're all kind of his kids and in some shape, form, or fashion, we'll right. compete for him. And it's just like, you know, he's pissed. You know he's disappointed, but he wasn't negative at all. Yeah. And when I finally like got around to the other side of the mat, and you know he's like, you know what, to not not to do next time. It's like that's cool, man. Like we yeah. both know I fucked up, but yeah. oh, he did that. Thing. One, of, well, I think one of the um, a moment that will always stand out for me mm-hmm. was I had a match. This one I was a, I think it was a brown belt. It's a brown belt. Trying to think where it was. It's not important where it was. I think it was in Nashville. And um, I get a guy in my lasso. And I think I, I was, was I, it doesn't matter. I'm going to make all these excuses now. Like, I was like, I was an age group lower and I was a weight class higher right. and all that bullshit. But That's um, where the fish tails it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. So, anyways, I get, the guy in the, I get the guy in that lasso, get him in the lasso. There we go. I get my, and it's a long, I mean, he's fighting quite a bit. So, mm-hmm. it's, it's taking a while. So, I get my sweep, I get my two. And, um, man, I'm just done. That's it. You spent at this spent point. Spent yeah. mentally. I don't know. I, it was not a good time mentally. I should have won the match. Okay. Right. And, um, he comes over and he's like, uh, you, you okay? Like kind of, kind of what happened? What happened? And I go, I, I just, I don't know. I just gassed. I Is got in a world? bad position. This- no. No, it wasn't. No, I did great. I mean, I, there was nothing. This was one of the rare times where I just, and it wasn't like I wasn't training right. I just. Because I wasn't there for that. That's why. I'm yeah. I, I think it was one of those things where it was like one minute left. I got my two. I'm just a piece of shit laying here. And, uh, you know, gotcha. and yeah. yeah. So, and uh, you can tell that like, he just looked at me. He's like, well, your lasso worked. <laughs> <laughs> He goes, there's one good thing. The lasso works. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, it is a good takeaway point, but it, it was just a good coaching time because what I didn't need was another person drilling me for something that's just wrestling around in our pajamas. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So he took that good thing where he's like, you've legitimized what you teach to people. Yeah. You legitimized this thing that is your deal. Yeah. And that was wonderful. That was wonderful. And that was a good growth, growth thing for me. Yeah. You, so you, you have the proof of concept now, right? You can take it back and go, okay, guys, right. Hey, this, this might not have worked out a hundred percent the way but I wanted it, but this piece that I showed you Monday, that was awesome. This, so the post psychology on his part, I mean, it's good. And I've tried to model yeah. myself after that too. Um, and that's the last piece I'll touch on before we move on, but you've kind of modeled yourself after your instructors, not just professor Hedgie, but oh, yeah, 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 guys, yeah. you know, you've taken the pieces from them, yeah. but then it's like, for me, you know, me being under you, you've always been a rank ahead as I've gone. It's, you know, I had Professor Mike first, and then I moved to Professor Heggy, and then, you know, I've trained with you so much. It's like, there's those little pieces I've tried to grab from you guys. Yeah. It's funny to hear somebody else say, 
I took this from the guy above me. Yeah. And it's like, so when I talk to like Michael Wu, we'll have those discussions. It's like, what do you like about this instructor? You know, this, this professor or whatever. And it's like, when I say things like, oh, I try to do this like Professor Joe. And it's like, yeah, you try, but you're not, you're not there yet. You know, cause it's like, we'll bust each other's chops and stuff. Right, it's right, like, right. Okay. That's fine. That's feedback. That's yeah. something I need to like take back and go. But it's like, now I know I'm making my way towards you guys of you do this thing well, or he does this right. thing well. So like I'm mimicking that as best I can. So it's cool to hear somebody else do that. with. Yeah. With yeah. I mean, you're just trying to genetically you know? engineer, you take the best and, and then you identify the real crap. Yeah. And you say, I don't want to be like that. And I want to be like that and integrating. It takes time. Yeah, no doubt. So, okay. So, um, the psych- psychology of, yeah, yeah the okay. psychology of the opponent. Yeah. So I feel bad because I really should know this guy's name. Um, he's a really good, he was a really good competitor. I haven't seen him compete and he did MMA for a while, but he runs Phoenix MMA. Oh, uh, you gotta know who I'm talking about out here in Nashville. He's a good guy, dude. Psychology wise, probably one of, of the best guys on the, on the small scene. At getting into the psychology of the other opponent. Right. Dirty or clean? Uh, 100% sportsmanship right there. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And he is so damn good at it. You're you're in it? He is so good at it. I mean, when you go to war, do you you just shoot guns at each other? No. There's there's all these other things you're doing to get in the mind of the other person. Now, I don't do that on the kid level. I don't do that for... Why not? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, there, there are two. Maybe I just uh, like you. There is a line, right? Okay, so we there's back, a line. I think war. I've crossed it before. There, I, there's there's a limit to what you can and can't do. And I, I've I've crossed it before when I see a kid doing something that they should be doing. Yeah, and I'll say, "Hey, Bobby, <laughs> hey, Bobby, this poor Bobby. Don't worry about that silliness right there. That that's <laughs> that that's not going to work there, buddy. So right. don't sweat it. And it's something legit. Yeah, hoping that the kid goes, "Oh, okay, let me let go of this." Um, do you, you have his, uh, I'm I just want to give him a shout out. This guy, he's a, he's a good guy. Um, hell of a coach and in the corner, this is a guy you want in your corner. Um, guys, I don't know why. Well, I'll have to reach out to him at some point. I feel terrible. I don't remember his name, but I feel um, bad too, because I should know. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's around everywhere. But anyways, on the small scene, he's probably one of the best guys, corner guys, that you hear from the psychology aspect of getting into the other opponent's head. Right. Um, he did an RPG. He's done it anywhere he's at. So he's 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 very good at what he does. A lot of people look at it as being dirty. Again, I think it's gamesmanship. It is gamesmanship. And yeah, I love it. Like and I love it. And I want my athlete to face it. Because if my athlete can face that, then they're getting stronger. He's yeah. helping. Do you ever hear the story about um, uh, BJ Penn? What was BJ Penn's first loss? It was um, to a guy from, um, uh, I can't think of his name. So BJ Penn, when he first got to the UFC, was on a reign of terror. Mm-hmm. And he fought a guy, I cannot remember his name. He, he, he I know trained, it's not Sean Shirt, but he, that's who No, 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 he, no, 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 it's, it wasn't <laughs> it's he, like, he, he trained yeah. it with Militich. Yeah. Um, can't remember his name. If we had like a young, uh, if we had like a person doing data in the back for us, he could look it up. I know. Usually I come prepared with this, but we didn't, so he we te- didn't prep at he all. He tells this, a story so. about yeah. how um, BJ Penn's corner had said something like, he's down now. Are you gone now? Mm-hmm. 
And he said that lit a fire under his ass, and I and I believe he knocked him out. Okay. So sometimes psychology with the wrong dog in the fight right, can yeah. go the wrong way. Just, yeah, you get it. And so it can work against you as it will as it can work for you. Right. Let's see here for a second. Do we got? He no. doesn't have an about, man. That's what's he did. Um, anyways, he was a really good competitor. I, I don't think he competes all that much now. Oh, they have a podcast. Oh, nice. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyways, the point being. That um, I really don't think. Let's see here, fellas. Uh, yeah. Corey Robinson. What's that, Corey? Yep, yep. it's Corey Robinson. Okay. There we go. Yeah. So sorry, um, Corey. We forgot yeah. your name. Apologies. But uh, it, it, anyways, the psychology is also an aspect of coaching mm-hmm. for your athlete and away from your athlete. Yeah. Um, and then I think one of the other aspects that don't it's the wrap around again with the coaching back with the teaching and that's the that's the post competition right being able to analyze film concentrate on those things that your athlete did well or didn't do well um, and I find that most people will watch film after film after film of victories oh yeah nobody looks at the losses well not nobody but when you're looking up highlights on YouTube, you're not, you're not but even about coaches, losing, right? Nobody's, I've, they just want to see the wins. What'd you do? Right. What'd you do? Right. Right. Look at this. What did you do? Look wrong? at that. Yeah. Look what Bobby did. Right. Yeah. And being able to develop for the teaching aspect, those big holes that your athletes, um, uh, might have demonstrated like for our kids, you know, mm-hmm. I noticed that our kids like, and this isn't, th- this is pretty general. So this wasn't like some major discovery on my part where I should win a Nobel prize or something. It's the <laughs> Nobel fact Nobel jujitsu prize. Yeah, Nobel jujitsu prize. <laughs> I'm like, every time we're in a pinning position, we're losing that match. Where are we? We're in that, that it's for kids. You can pretty much say, Kid that gets the first takedown most likely going to win the match. Sure, that's something that in wrestling it was brought up. Very true, very true at the lower first levels. First points, right? yeah, yeah. Oh, it's even true at the college level, right? Sure, yeah. To a lesser degree, but it's still true. Yeah, the psych- the psychology part is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you take you, if you take mighty mites. Do you know they actually still have a division called midget? What? That's surprising. In twenty twenty three, Joey wrestled midget all year long. <laughs> He's getting taller though. <laughs> no, that is crazy. I thought it was like a bad term. Yeah, I mean, technically, in a lot of places, you're not supposed to say that word. But well, in wrestling, in wrestling it's a okay because there's a division called midget. It's also midget wrestling. division. That's the I don't give a fuck sport. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, and they ain't changing it. Yeah, no, he'll be a junior next year, but right now okay. he's a midget. He's a midget. Right. So um, tough little midget. Or is I going for that? Oh yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so if you look at those like those juniors and midgets and mighty might kind of divisions. You can say with super high probability, 90 percentile, first takedown, winning the match, right? Mm-hmm. You're always going to have a winning percentile for the first person to score. Um, that lessens as you go up in experience, sure. right? Yeah. But I noticed the other thing was it wasn't necessarily even the takedown. It was always the first score to a pinning position. Right. And we just weren't doing well in pinning positions, whether that was mount, side mount, whatever it may be. And so we went back to the drawing board and we said, okay, there's two things that we're going to work on. Because mm-hmm. what would your first instinct be? Like, okay, every time the, I, my athlete gets mounted, he loses the match. Every time my, my athlete gets side control, he's losing the match. So the natural thing to work on when you get back would be... So... <laughs> 
I know what your answer is expected. Yeah. But for me. No, no. Expected. I, Give me the expected yeah, one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm assuming Make you're smart. working on the that position. Yeah, right? working on escaping that, that position, yeah, right? That, that but what's be, what is the real thing you should be really working is, on? I'm going to work on something different than I'm better at. Is generally my thought is yeah, if well, we're going to be lazy about it is meet my game. I hate being in mount on, right. on top, right? I hate having that dominant position. Right. Just because my my game that doesn't cater to me. Right, right, right. right. Uh, guillotines are really hard to get from mount generally for the way I set them up. Right. Because I grab the chin, blah, 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 blah. So for me, I'm like, I'm going to be lazy. I'll just go let you oompa or, you know, right. take uh, the sweep, and then I'm just going to go for my submission. Oh, okay. Yeah. So to me, it's it's a lazy man's way of, of getting what I want in a position that I'm not really comfortable or may not be good in. Right. Right. Um, but the right answer is I should get really good at mount. And that way, when I'm in that dominant position, I'm being more dominant and I'm winning that position. Well, yeah, our, our approach was a, yes, of course we have to work on those escapes because when we're in that, but we're going to work on the step before that, preventing ourselves from getting to that position. Sure. So that's um, a professor Hedgie thing. Don't get there. Yeah. Don't get there. How do I stop? You've already don't got there. You, you, you listen, kind of lost at that point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. I understand the lighter weight divisions. People flip around like two wild cats in the alley, right? Sure. Yeah. But at the heavier positions, that doesn't happen. No. So the prevention of getting there is, is absolutely key. Um, so it's being able to look at that film and coming up with a, a good type of strategy to approach whatever the chinks in the armor might have been. Right. Um, so all in all, man, there's a lot, a lot that goes into coaching that's not even in the realm of teaching teaching time management, you know, being able to translate movement into words that people understand, right. You know, the explanation demonstration. Uh, did you ever hear that before the explanation demonstration practice critique John Wooden's approach? So I feel like you've, I talk about it a lot. Yeah, I, was say, I think you've talked about it on this podcast. Specifically yeah. Before. Yeah. And yeah, I make those on. mistakes all the time when I'm with, when I'm with like a more <clears throat> seasoned athlete, mm-hmm. I'll just say, and oh, I'm like, okay. oh, Jimmy Christmas. No. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's just, they need explanation. Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Demonstration. They got to see it. Right. Right. Yeah. Then they need to practice it. And then there needs to be correction. Yeah. Oh, and, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's usually praise, 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 critique. Yeah. I'm not into the praise, 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 critique. I'll give you one praise yeah. and then we'll get to the critique. We don't <laughs> yeah. need three, but they call it the PPPC okay. uh, approach to coaching. And to me, some that, people throw another P on the end of that. They they put the. the you think the, there's four? They put well, not necessarily four, but maybe oh. praise, critique, praise. You're right, right. It's it is. You like got a sandwich. sandwich. It's called sandwiching it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you yeah. can see how close I follow that. Follow yeah. that. <laughs> I usually hey, look at their face you, and if they're about ready to cry. That's when I give them another praise. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, so I guess that goes back to some of the masochists. They just want critique, critique, critique. Yeah, right? you got to cater. Yeah, know? and I find the people that say they want the critique the most. This is going to medical students. Okay, they're like. And Dr. Spinell, you, please help me with what I'm doing wrong. I'm like, you don't want to know because you're going to start crying. Yeah. Because it's everything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that want it the most sometimes can't take it. Yeah. So The, the tough um, love is, is hard to swallow sometimes. So definitely the praise, critique, praise is incredibly important with some individuals. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's that's the, all those things with, with the, the teaching. Um. Man, they're just not the same thing with coaching. But for some reason, like we said before, those two things take a huge crossover. Yeah. So, um, you got anything to add in regards to all that? Man, plethora um, of mental masturbation. Probably shouldn't say that. Yeah. But. 
This is getting flagged on YouTube. We've yeah. said midget, and <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Anyway, not kid um, appropriate. Yeah. So uh, no, man. I think I think you kind of hit all the points. Like I, I like that you and I have a different approach as to what those two things are. Kind of agree, right? At the end of the day, like what those yeah, things are, yeah. but you know, just differences in differences because the frameworks are different, right? Yeah. You know, we're dealing with two different groups of people. I'm right. Yeah. I have I have my guys that don't necessarily compete on sure but, you do yeah but it's, it's not the majority yeah of when I'm in there and when I'm excited about doing stuff yeah and uh, I think if you asked our students like what is what is Professor Joe to you what is Coach Anthony to you most of them are going to say especially the kids obviously are going to say well you're the you're the competition coach right like you're not just not just professor, you are the competition. Oh, yeah, I can't teach the regular coach. kids' classes anymore. Right, yeah. I just can't do and, it, man. And I really enjoy the competition classes that I filled in, like, for you before. Man, good kids, those, right? Those kids are awesome. Those kids are good. Yeah. They like me for some reason. I don't know why. Oh, because they don't, don't want me there. <laughs> I told I'm them first day that, that the occasional times I do have to teach the kids' <clears throat> classes. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm just jumping to help out, whatever. I'm sure. like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. I, this is my first. I'll just tell them. Like, I'm the competition coach. Yeah. This isn't, we're not playing games right. at the end of class. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're going to spar home. at the yeah. end of class. Right. We're here to sweat. We're here yeah. to and, simulate murder. And I'm not going to be super nice, and, yeah. but you guys can come talk to me. You know, I'm, I walk around like a gorilla and I sound like a gorilla and probably yeah. smell like a gorilla, <laughs> but you can come talk, but we can't play around if you yeah. play around. And I'm, I'm, there's this big trend and even there's a lot of well-known coaches that are into this trend of, um, don't uh, discipline when you're coaching for skill acquisition. Hmm. Uh, you know, back in the day, it's like, you guys aren't listening. All right, push a position. Just stay there. Yeah. I've wanted to do that so many times. Well, there's a big push to get away from that. Um, yeah. Even on the training, I had to do the, these training modules for um, for uh, scholastic coaching, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. the, the middle school and high school. You have to do these training modules. And they are so against... Um, Negative they say, reinforcement. They'll say it's uh, if you're disciplining with exercise, you're discouraging the athlete from wanting to do exercise in the future. So I can see how somebody who sits. I can also see like, it being looked at as abusive because it's the equivalent of um, I'm going to create pain for you because mm. you're not doing what I want you to do. Sure. And it shows a lack of ability to coach. You know, oh, if you have to revert to that, yeah, then you've failed somewhere else. I get it. Yeah, I still think there's a small place for it. Small place, I do small agree. Small, like I said, place I've wanted to it. do it. I've, yeah. I've not pulled that out, yeah. but I have. I've threatened it before. I'm yeah. like, man, if you guys are just gonna giggle for 20 minutes, like we're just gonna do burpees. I, I just, like, yeah, and I, I just say we're we're either gonna get we're either gonna get smart because yeah. we're doing skill, we're doing skill acquisition. We're either right. gonna get smart or we're gonna get strong. Yeah. And that's okay. We can pick which one it is. Yes. Yeah. It's not and necessarily that's part a of the training, but you're obviously not focused on the one aspect that we're here for. Right. So let's make use of everybody's time and you're going to get better in some aspects. And very rarely, <clears throat> very rarely do I have to do that with my serious athletes. Sure. Yeah. I don't, I think there has been, I can't think of where I've done it with my, any competition kit that, that have really needed it on a consistent level to say, listen, we're either going to get stronger. We're going to get smart. Yeah. And, um, we have done other things like sprints, and if you guys go on the wrong count, yeah, then we have another to do. 
Right. That's just part of the game. If you screw up and you get your arm caught, you get caught in an arm lock. This is the same idea. Yeah. If you're not mentally strong and you listen to the count and you go off on the wrong count, we've got another sprint to do. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's That's the game, you know, and that's part of that mental buildup. Um, but... I think it's a it's a very it's 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 a tool that's overutilized and shows poor coaching when it's used too much. Sure, if that's your go to, yeah, that's not punishment, good. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's that's not good. But, that means you're failing somewhere else in right. communication and respect. And it, and it's hard because those group classes, those ones where you know you got a bunch of kids in there that may or may not actually want to be there. Right. It's, it takes a talented teacher, coach for skill acquisition. Sure. Yeah. To uh, really keep that class going yeah you know so. i mean i had to pull my son out right like mm-hmm. he's he's about to be five so i'm, I'm gonna throw him back in very right. soon but he's just he was just emotionally not ready you know yeah it's yeah. just his he's just a goofball right yeah. which is great i love him to death greatly he's a goofball but it's like hey dude for this hour or even less at his age 45 minutes whatever that class is or was right i just need you to pay attention i need you to like do do what we're doing Right. But for him, it's like, well, I want to run around. I want to play. I want to do this. And it's yeah. like, well, now you're wasting your time, your your partner's time, because generally it happens to even out like there's 12 kids. So right. now one kid's got to go into another group or sit by himself. And then I'm pulled off to the side because now I'm disciplining you. So right. it's like, for me, it's, okay, I'm going to pull you up because you're just not ready. I can't do that with a 13-year-old kid. Yeah. I can't go, hey, man, all right, just go sit on the side. Because then it's like, well, why'd you pull my kid out? It's like, well, he's sitting on the side. Well, what am I paying you for? Because now... A customer's not getting what they're asking right, for. Right, right, right. So it's like, that's that's where we have to balance. Are you serious? Yeah. You're not serious. How am I going to approach you? Okay, well, this other kid's not serious either. So now your partners. Now go giggle in the corner. Yeah. Whatever. And that's why we're, I'm trying to <clears throat> get out my series for um, BJJ for parents for the real little guys. What mm-hmm. games can you play when you're on the living room floor that are games you can do for five minutes? Sure. Two, three minutes. Yeah. but yet are going to help prepare that four or five-year-old for when they are on the mat. Yeah. And there's so many games and there's so many uh, movements that you can teach them that's going to make their time when they do get on the mat so much easier. Yeah. So um, before, let's see where we're at right now. Okay, we're at an hour, so I got nice. Okay. one, I got just a couple more questions. Yeah, so. yeah, all right, okay. let's knock it out. So we talked about teaching, coaching, and somehow parenting got into this. Yeah, yeah, we're okay. both parents. We're both parents. And I think most that, of the, you know, the, the the people that I've talked to that listen to us are our friends. They're local people here in Nashville, mm-hmm. and they're obviously older practitioners that either have kids or they have grandkids. Right. I'm not having like the 18 year old Baron Bolo Masters like listen to this, right? Yeah. Jack Hence doesn't the listen to us. <laughs> Eli does. Oh, Eli does. Hey, shout out to Eli. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. He's like, you need to have Clay on there again. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> that's awesome. He's asking, like, "Hey, let me fix your guest list here." Yeah, yeah, awesome. and I know what he listens to podcast wise because it's on. We share our thing, so oh, okay, yeah. you know, he's listening to like the B Team, like Simple Man podcast. I'm like, "Holy crap, this is not." I don't know if this is good for him to be listening to, but we all got to grow fine. up some way, yeah, right? Yeah. He's yeah. got a good role model. He'd be fine. Yeah, I hope so. Him out. I hope yeah. so. So, um, uh, you've heard Craig's podcast? Yeah, I, I love. Craig is so you know badass. the guy that's um, his friend that's on there that's doing it with him, Freddie. Mm-hmm. He used to train here in Nashville, and uh, oh, oh, dude, great guy. When Jax before he had that. his license, yeah. he'd pick Jackson up to go train out at the at Henzo's. Really? 
such a cool guy, That's man. Awesome, yeah, yeah no such idea. a cool guy. I'm so happy he's out there doing their thing. Yeah. Their audio needs to improve. Yeah, I mean. But they're, they're the content. Everything. Yeah. Craig can put his name on a piece of shit and it would sell right now. <laughs> that is true. He's, he's, just, yeah. he's, so, he's so anti-Gordon that he has... Trying not to use the term uh, D writers uh, just because they're so anti Gordon that yeah. they jump to Craig, uh, yeah. Team Craig or B Team, you know. But he's hilarious. His shirt. Have you seen his newest shirt? You know, uh, Gordon's got the tattoo. It says uh, "Fear no, respect everyone, fear no one." Yeah. So <laughs> it's a um, it's a shirt and it has like a little jester like simple icon and it says uh, "Respect no one, fear everyone." <laughs> <laughs> Like what a troll, man! What yeah, he's so much fun. He's though. the best second he's so place medalist ever. <laughs> yeah, and, and they got to do something because um, we need characters. Oh, for sure. We need characters like him. Yeah, look and, at Connor. Connor McGregor brought yeah. so many eyes to the UFC just because of how crazy he is. Yeah. you know. Now you don't have to like him, but he brought in numbers. He brought eyes to the sport. And when he fights again, was he fighting Chandler? Yeah, yeah, Michael Chandler because yeah. he did the, the so tough he, thing. That's gonna so, sell. I mean, that's gonna sell. It's a payday for Michael. You know, great, great for him. You know, yeah. but that's an easy, guaranteed money in your pocket. You think it's easy? You think it's gonna be easy? No, no, no. I'm saying like as far as oh, you book a match with Conor, but do you think it's gonna be easy fight for him? I don't think so. I honestly, I, no disrespect to Michael Chandler because he doesn't live God, very far amazing. from us and he would murder me in like two seconds. Yeah, but I think Chandler thinks he's better than he is sometimes because he. He was really good, right? And right. Connor was really good at 45 because right. Connor hits hard and he would cut so much weight that, like, that was his prime spot. And as right. he's gained the weight, I don't think, and gotten older, he's moved out of that prime. I think Michael's the same way. Michael's moved on past his prime. He's going to fight a non prime uh, Connor. So I think it's kind of an even match, right. but I wouldn't count Connor out. Now, it's not like a Dustin Borea kind okay, of thing. Okay, so you got $10,000. How do you put it on? If I have ten grand to put it 10 on. Ten grand. Fuck it, hundred grand. Shit, if I have a hundred grand, um, I'd put it on Connor. I would. I'd put it on Connor. I, really? I'm so sorry, Michael Chandler, but I would put it on Connor. Really? I think. Now, I haven't watched Tough. What are you basing that on? The psychology. Okay, forget the parents. I was going to ask whether or not you should get your kids to train or make them compete. Forget that question. Let's end with. We, we've covered that before on a podcast. We, uh, I have early Alzheimer's. I don't yeah. Anything. We've talked about whether so. It's so what are you basing? What are you basing? So the, so Connor is the, not to put you on the spot. No, I just, no, no, yeah. I'm fine. Yeah, that's what we're here for. We're here yeah. to talk, um, and for people to hear my opinion and go, that guy's an idiot. I'm going to listen to the doctor anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> you're a smart guy, and you're every dumbass. Um, Connor's mental game, his psychology that he plays, okay. plays a huge part in every single fight. Okay. Aldo is the greatest like example of that. Got in his head so much that he abandoned everything that he knew and got knocked out. What was it, 13 seconds or whatever? Something crazy. Something like that. stupid. Um, that never should have happened. That mm-hmm. fight was so so much in Aldo's favor that I think that he he could have won that mm-hmm. had he not listened to anything Connor said. Uh, Michael Chandler, I haven't watched Tough. I don't know if even the newest seasons come out yet. With, with I don't even know how you watch it. Yeah, exactly. But whatever. I'm not for the drama. I hate, you know, this isn't the 90s and real world came out and we're like, oh, what's this new thing? I don't care about that anymore. Um, But the way Connor gets in people's heads, I don't know how Michael's going to respond to that, especially Hmm. on the the tour of, you know, really, you know, your wife's in my DMs kind of shit, you know? Um, Because Chandler seems like a big family guy, at least on social media. You know, um, I think so. 
you know, so as soon as Connor starts making, because you know he's going to, you know he's going to make digs and jabs and sure. Um, I don't know how low blow of a he will go, you know, but um, Chandler has, you know, they've adopted, you know, kids, so who knows if 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 oh McGregor's those kids gonna go are going to be on the chopping block. So yeah, so that's that's the thing. I'm like, if Connor plays dirty, which to me that's a dirty version of the psychology of you know attacking. <laughs> that crosses the line for to, you. To me, that crosses the line. Yeah. Like, you should be able to talk shit to me and and say all these things to me and not involve family. But he's making millions. I'm not. So who am I to say like? That's stupid, man. You shouldn't do that. Obviously, it works for him. It gets yeah. him paid. It gets the people that he fights paid. Yeah, I think it's... Do you remember there was an event <clears throat> in Austin where there were two white belts from competing gyms uh, going against each other, IBJJ event? One of the white belts wins the match by like an advantage, something like that, a point, mm-hmm. whatever. He stands up and he flips off the competing, the, his competitor's professor. Oh, the professor kicks a stool, kicks one of the chairs, goes out on the mat and goes after the kid. Really? Who got in trouble for that? I'm going to assume that the professor got in or the coach got in trouble for that. Yep. Yeah. Professor got in trouble, got banned. Of course. Cause he lost his shit and he, right. Yeah. Who was in the wrong though? Yeah, both of them. Right. Yeah. Who could you have just made in the wrong solely? Oh, that, all that coach had to do was say, Thanks, buddy. We'll we'll get you next time. And that kid would have been banned. Would have been banned. Yeah. Right, but everybody so forgot about that. Of course they did. So they take take that into Connor mm-hmm. and Michael Chandler. Yeah. It becomes dirty if Chandler doesn't respond to it. Yeah. Exactly. Imagine that this jackass says something about your kid with special needs. Yeah. And you just laugh. Yep. And you go, okay, cool, man. Thanks. Yeah. That's all he's good character, do. bro. Yeah. But who becomes the bad guy now? Oh. Now, if Chandler responds to it. Yeah, that's the that's the case. Then it just validated the low blow. Yeah, and now it becomes dirty, and now now it becomes clean. Same thing with Dustin. He didn't have to respond about his wife. He didn't mm-hmm. have to say a single word about that. Yeah, but as he feeds into it, regardless of how yeah. much a bad reaction, it 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 negates. It always negates the prior reaction or the prior yeah. uh, the inciting event. Yeah. So if you have the wherewithal, which I actually think Chandler does, I think yeah. he has the ability to look at him and just shake his head and say, you're, you're a terrible individual. Yeah. I, and I and, and leave it at that. I, I hope he does, he does it too. Yeah. So, so you're saying, okay, so A, the psychology of it, you don't, you're saying probability wise. McGregor has, McGregor the, has the advantage on from, that. From a psychology standpoint, McGregor has the upper hand. How okay. Michael responds to that is how I feel like the, the fight will go. If okay. he goes, yeah, cool. That's great, man. That's awesome. Thanks for the payday. Yeah. He'd be like, oh, Chandler's got him. Would you change your bet at that point? Probably. If he okay. if he legit stone cold goes, that's cool. Thanks for the payday. I would one hundred percent switch my money. Okay. Because I know he he's not in his head at all. He does okay. not care. But you think probability he's going to get under his skin? I feel like he will. Okay. I feel because that's what about game. the skill set now? Uh, taking taking <clears throat> taking uh, all that out, the psychology um, out of it. Michael's an amazing athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's maybe not in his prime, but he's still he's enough to whip the, my ass. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's in the holy crap. One of the for his age, yeah. looking at that that group, this dude is an athlete. Yeah, hundred percent through and through. He's not skipping. He's not having cheat days. This guy's he's, <laughs> he's not eating Cheetos. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not eating Cheetos. Not eating a pack of Oreos on a Saturday. Like Sounds he's delicious. not doing any of that. You know. Right. Um. <clears throat> So as an athlete, 
I think Chandler has every chance to to knock him out. Now, does he have the the boxing chops that you know, like maybe Poirier does or somebody like that? Um, it could be dangerous if he's standing. It with could him. be. Now, when he gets him to the ground, we all know how that story goes. I think it it goes one way different at a higher weight level. Because don't forget that um, uh, McGregor fought um, the guy from Team Alpha. um, Oh, uh, Mendez. Chad Mendez. Chad Mm Mendez. Now, I don't know Chad Mendez's wrestling pedigree. I don't think it's even on the same level as Chandler. It's not. But he was known as a wrestler. He seemed to dominate using primarily wrestling, Mm -hmm. you know, control from top. Um, But he didn't have anything else as an arsenal. Like right. he, he would take him down, right. but it's like he had nothing for McGregor after yeah. that. Chandler, if and when he gets him down, I don't think McGregor has the ability to fight him off for whatever. Is it a 15-minute match or is it a, th- you know? Oh, it'll probably be a five-round match, Probably a five-round, right? It has to be. Um, well, it has to be whatever McGregor wants. Uh, that's awesome. Because he's going to, if he wants to say no elbows, it'd probably be no elbow. You know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah, just, yeah. he's going to dictate the rules. But if I'm McGregor also, I want a 15-minute match. I don't right. want to get slippery and right. then, you know, have to fight a guy who, as I start to get winded, which we know McGregor's known for. He's, he's going not, to at a higher weight. He's coming distance, off of an man. injury. And we're going to talk a simple injury. Yeah. That was how much juice is in that man's body though? Um, well, over the last six months, apparently he can't have any testing wise unless he somehow, you know, yeah, it's a good point. There's ways around that. There's totally ways around that. He, I'll tell you what, man, when we were in, uh, we went to World's Masters the year that McGregor fought um, Mayweather. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Masters tournament was the same exact weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we just not not by design. We'd have been be spent staying at the Encore. Okay, at that yeah. time, and that's where McGregor was having his after party. Mm. He got some shady Irish dudes that are his are his like entourage, bro. Oh yeah. That's shady. That's where you get the cocaine from, right? Well, I don't know, man, but I, I saw some. I saw some very well dressed, overweight, bearded, nasty looking Irishmen with some beautiful women around them, with very expensive jewelry. Yeah, hanging out there is it, just a little shady. A little sure. shady. So he's got some connections. So that doesn't surprise me one bit. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he's got the money to pay off of those things, but I mean, between all his business ventures and you know UFC payouts, I mean, yeah, dude was listening. He's doing well. Yeah, he's, he's doing not, well. Let's see how fast yeah. he loses it. He's so <laughs> if he hasn't lost it at this point, man, I'm actually really surprised. oh, that's a good point. Yeah, if he yeah. hasn't, is is it is it ability for it? Does he have the ability to lose it? Yeah. You know, like um, what did Chris Rock say? Like uh, rich and wealthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Richie could lose it on a. a a summer weekend in Vegas. Right. Yeah. Wealthy. <laughs> so I would Bill like Gates to think, woke up with Oprah's money. He'd jump out the fucking window. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think McGregor hired somebody and said, all right. Yeah, I'm sure. Hold I'm my sure. cash. And then they give him like, you know, here's how many ever thousands yeah, just to go yeah. be an idiot. Yeah. But we're going to keep the rest of your cash. So yeah. I would like to think in, in his head, he was smart enough to do that before Probably. he started doing all the, Probably. all the other shit. But who knows? All anyway. right, man. Well, hey, listen, we're supposed Dude. to do this. More often, we than are once every two years. All right, <laughs> so <laughs> we have plenty of content. We have plenty of stuff. To plenty talk of about. content. Neither plenty one of us want to shut up. Um, so, um, next, our, our next podcast will be talking about um, more. I mean, less than the teaching coaching. It's going to be actually a concept of learning. Okay, and yeah. the basic concepts of learning and how those differ from when you ask 
Because it is a pretty popular question that you hear from people from seminars, right? Yeah, for you sure. have a seminar and hey, we're opening up to questions and how do I get better faster? Yeah, we're going to talk about that and uh, we're going to talk about some um, ways of looking at learning that uh, you most likely have not entertained at this point. Um, and uh, I think you're going to. I think they're going to. I think folks will find it uh, pretty enlightening and and hopefully very valuable. So until then, you know, check out our YouTube channel, uh, Old Dog BJJ. Content is going up daily, so we have daily content going yeah. up. We do long videos about twice a week. Um, watch for our blog posts, Instagram postings, um, and uh, really hope that you guys enjoyed us coming back. And uh, we'll make this much more consistent for you all. Got yes. anything else to say, Coach? No, nah, man. Keep all training. All right, keep training. <laughs>